Hi there, you buddy the humble farmer here with an hour of old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. I awoke to a world in turmoil this morning. The sun was shining and I, I realized that if I didn't get out quickly and provide some shade for the tomato plants Jay Cook brought me, why, these tomato plants would die from the shock. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> You're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now, the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you. 
Petersson, of course. <laughs> if I were new, was that from Guys and Dolls? Nice tune, huh? I like that. I like that song. Here's your humble farmer question for the week. What was, are you listening closely? What was the name of the mule with the dry throat? Now, this is not a trick question. Anyone who's at least 60, 70 years old knows the name of that mule because well, over a period of many years they heard his name, and of this mule with his parched affliction again and again. I'm I'm the humble farmer at gmail dot com. Can you tell me can you remember what was the name of the mule with a dry throat? Thank you. 
give you a little hint. <laughs> Long time radio friend Ed sent me a recipe. I laughed and I get it. This recipe involved rhubarb. In the humble opinion of this old man, Ed sent me the modern equivalent of stone soup. You remember stone soup? And if you were to leave the rhubarb out of this recipe that Ed sent me, because of the 15 or 20 other things that had, be, that had to be added, you'd taste no noticeable difference in the end product, I don't think. Now, I think Ed is putting us on. This recipe, you can't believe it, this recipe is even more insulting to the taste buds than adding strawberries does to a good rhubarb pie.
Oscar Peterson. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. As I said, right here on your favorite station, people listen on YouTube now, so I don't know what kind of a station you call that. They, they, can you believe this? They download this show somehow and put it on a little thing that they have in their pocket and listen to it through hearing aids or with the little wires. How the technology has changed over the past mm-hmm, 39 years it's been since I've been doing this program. And longtime radio friend Peggy Gannon says, listen to this, this is what Peggy says, I don't know what he, I don't know what he eats when they go abroad. I can't get it, say it the way she would. She's, of course, talking about me. I don't know what he eats when they go abroad. Now, I can remember sitting with my wife, Marsha, outside on the doorstep, stone steps of some place in Stockholm, eating a pizza. And we were on the steps because the cigarette smoke inside made the dining room intolerable. To be sure, that was long, long ago and far away. While on the road in Europe or Africa, I bought an entire roast chicken and ate that. Because even in France, it's pretty hard to mess up a roast chicken. And when Marsha and I lived in an apartment in Funharola for a week or ten days, and i got to tell you, this is a town occupied by 25,000 Swedes in the winter and at one time the great and powerful Oma from Amsterdam. Down there in Funharola, we'd get a roast chicken. I had hoped to be able to practice my Spanish there, but ended up speaking Swedish to the chicken man. So many Swedes, everybody was a Swede. And in Holland, a Sweden, we naturally eat at the homes of friends or relatives, so there's no problem there. And as I said, times have changed since 1960 when my aunts would take my piece of meat and cook it until its molecules approximated those of a diamond. Smurgos, because Smurgos is like Subway in that you can pick and choose for yourself. And when you have Smurgos out of 15 or 20 offerings, there'll be some kind of cheese or bread that's very, very appealing. You're going to like it. In the in this country, while I was on speaking trips, I used to get a Subway sandwich made to my specifications. And Well, actually, I'd get two and eat one for breakfast. I'd have half one for dinner and the other half for supper. And while on three-day road trips in the car with Masha, my wife, the almost perfect woman, well, Masha carries enough food and liquids to feed the cast of Mamma Mia and prepare tasty, exotic meals for her loving, admiring, and appreciative husband on top of that. And if Masha's husband eats these meals at 70 miles an hour and he cleans the crumbs from his person and the seat's at pit stops. Now, everyone's taste buds, you know this, everyone's taste buds differ. Everyone's taste in art or furniture or automobiles differs. Some people must have taste buds that were that been shot up with Novocaine. And these people are fortunate because they can eat anything. However, some of us who are unfortunate enough to have taste buds capable of discrimination... 
we find that most of the food in this unkind world tastes bad. If I could take my taste buds out and beat the life out of them with a stick, oh, how happy I would be. I can't, I can't imagine. Can you imagine what a joy it would be for me to have numb or indifferent taste buds that could tolerate the food of, of the Thai, of the Chinese, Mexican food, McDonald's or English, and a stomach that could back it up with toleration? Farmer. Every time an old man dies, his heirs, first thing his heirs do, they look in his house, they look around his barn, seeking treasures, seeing what the old, old buzzard left. Now this is what my wife Marcia Scoglund's granddaughter Madeline will find. It is a 1974 240D Mercedes with around 152,000 miles on it. Now, this car goes 94, 95 miles an hour without a sweat, so I hope that the child is never in a hurry to get somewhere the first day she drives it. You know this is true. A rich man 
Lisa buys a new car every other year. A poor man buys a Mercedes and keeps it for the rest of his life. I bought this car when I was 38 years old. And at the time, I'd already had my 1919 Model T for 23 years. And that 1919 Model T is in the barn, too, waiting to be discovered by my delighted heirs. How happy they will be. This goes to the grandchildren. The daughter, my wife's daughter, gets bypassed. Too bad, so sad. The grandchildren are going to get it all. But perhaps, and I hope, Madeline will let her mother drive her 1974 Mercedes when her mother's newer car is in the shop. Oscar again. 
Ooh, I like that. I hear music when I hear your name. Do 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 do. And I have to push this button now to make something else play. We're going to hear Captain Bill. That's a good one. That's a swinger too. Marsha Scoglund, you'll be glad to hear that Marsha Scoglund's new bathroom is finally finished. One day I went to Lowe's and bought. I got to tell you about this. One day I went to Lowe's. And bought linoleum carpet for this new bathroom. Twelve feet by six feet. It comes in a twelve-foot roll. It's twelve feet wide, but I only needed six foot of it. Now, Marsha picked out this carpet because I know nothing about colors. I don't. I do know that you don't want blue rugs because most of the dirt in the world is white. I have to vacuum Marsha's TV room with the blue rug. Several times every day, because otherwise it's covered with white specks of dirt. Paul, he's the helper at the store. Paul rolled six feet of linoleum off the roll. As I said, it comes twelve feet wide. Now I knew that four feet or so would hang out the end of the body of the truck. There's only an eight-foot body on the truck, and the roll was pretty big—six or eight inches in diameter. But Paul spread it out on the floor and rolled it up the other way, so it was six feet long rather than twelve feet long. And when I left the store, I had a tidy little bundle about four inches in diameter, about six feet long. Now, I mention this because it is, as you know, a classical case of functional fixedness. It would never have occurred to me. To lay the thing out flat and roll it up the other way so that it was only six feet long, and then Paul wrapped it up with plastic so it was tidy and tight and wouldn't blow away. I was deeply impressed. And there's a Dutch expression for being deeply impressed that I like. I typed it in the English, but couldn't get the Dutch I wanted. I couldn't get what I expected. Vazir under the indruk is what it is. He was much under the impression, but I don't think that's that's exactly the one I want. Anyway, I could never seem to figure out what we'd need for parts to put this bathroom in, so I went to the store about three times every day. This happened to you when you're doing something? Always something else you need. I could never seem to figure out what we'd need for parts. I'd figure the job and write it out, and there'd still be one more elbow or rare fit in that I. Needed when we actually got to doing it. Now, for years, I thought I was pretty clever. I collected copper fit-ins. I've got all kinds of pipe and copper fit-ins of all kinds, all sizes. And you might have heard me boast a month or two ago about buying a hundred and fifty dollars worth of copper fit-ins for a dollar at a lawn sale last winter. And now we don't even use copper fit-ins anymore. We're putting in PEX pipe. Everybody uses PEX pipes quicker, easier. I already had the crimper because I bought one when I put in the solar radiant heat that I have here in my cellar studio office. So anyway, this project is finally finished. And you know, this can happen when you get great moral support.
Tito. Got to resolve it like Sonny Stitt would do, bring it back to the root. Hmm. Have I reminded you recently, have I thanked you recently for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station? I'm here every week playing old-fashioned music just for you, and I am grateful that you have nothing better to do than to listen. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. The other night, in my capacity as rhubarb seller, I went to a meeting of St. George business people in the town office here. And there must have been 30 so people there. One introduced herself as the granddaughter of Parker Jackson. Parker Jackson was one of my favorite second cousins, and I have a picture of this girl's great-great-great-grandparents right here on my shelf in my office now. Good friends and neighbors were running the meeting. After the introduction, we were asked to stand and identify ourselves. And by the time I got my turn, I had no choice but to say, I'm Robert Skoglund, and I'm sorry to say that it would be pointless for me to remain at this meeting. Please forgive me for leaving, but I can't hear what is being said. And I left. At the door, my friend at the front desk there, checking people in, said something about my getting hearing aids. Now, my hearing aids hide themselves in my ears, and you have to look sharp to see them. I said, I am wearing hearing aids. I got two new hearing aids, state-of-the-art from Togus, from the VA. Now, I can't live without my hearing aids, but they can only do so much. I know nothing about the science of the hearing aids, but suspect that my hearing aids boost the higher frequencies because I can't vacuum the floor while wearing them as it inflicts pain. Now, I'm sure that hearing aid technology will continue to advance in those countries that care about the health needs of people and that the technology will get passed along down to those of us in the United States who need it. I can't do television unless there are captions on the screen. I, I watch that funny old English program, Are You Being Served? I watch it with no captions, but I can only catch a word here and there. And the frustrating thing about not being able to hear properly is being able to hear everything except usually the one or two words in the sentence that give the sentence meaning. Now, I say to my wife, Marsha, verb which means I didn't hear the verb, or noun. So she only has to repeat one word, not the entire sentence. As you know, if you have hearing difficulties as I do, as you know, ministers are notorious for dropping the volume of their voice on the last word in a funny story. Everyone laughs but me. And as a professional courtesy, I always mention it to them after the service at the door. You done good, but I didn't hear the last word in this story because you dropped your voice, you whispered. And I do this hoping they will remember that the disabled sheep in the flock also require nourishment. I'd like to ask you, is there anything worse than not, not being able to hear? Yes, being married to someone who's unable to hear.
Oscar. Wendy writes, Wendy says, Missed you on Wednesday. How's the rhubarb situation today? We'd like to get several bunches for a barbecue tomorrow. Hope it will work out. Wendy, and I reply to Wendy, I was probably at the store if you came at noon. I thought there was some rhubarb out there. Now, do remember, I wrote, uh, do remember that I'm deaf, and you have to make noise if I'm to know you're here. You can't just tippy-toe around and think I'm going to know you're outside. Now, I said there were two bunches out there this morning. My mirror on the garage needs to be adjusted because I can't see the rhubarb on the stand with my office mirror today. You know that I have a mirror over my desk that I can look out and see a mirror on the barn that is so angled that I can see the rhubarb on the stand out by the road. That's what we're talking about here. So I said my mirror on the garage needs to be adjusted because I can't see the rhubarb on the stand with my office mirror today. Thank you for trying. You could go to the garden and pull what you wanted to if no one is here. Now I told her that. You can go to the garden and pull what you want if no one is here. I told her that because people in need of rhubarb, you know, they can be expected to go to extremes. We'll rant and we'll roar like true Newfoundlanders. We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below. Until we see bottom inside the two sunkers. When straight through the channel to Toslo we'll go. My name is Robert, they call me Bob Pittman. I sail on the Eno with Skipper Tim Brown. I'm bound to have Dolly or Biddy or Molly as soon as I'm able to plank the cash down. We'll rant and we'll roar like true Newfoundlanders. We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below until we see bottom inside the two sunkers when straight through the channel to Tosla we'll go. Son of a sea cook and a cook and a trader I can dance, I can sing, I can reap the main boom I can handle a jigger and cats a fine figure Whenever I get in a boat standing room We'll rant and we'll roar like true Newfoundlanders We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below Until we see bottom inside the two sunkers When straight through the channel the Tarsville will go if the voyage is good, then this fall I will do it. I want two pound ten for a ring and the priest. A couple of dollars for clean shirts and collars. And a handful of coppers to make up a feast. We'll rant and we'll roar like true Newfoundlanders. We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below. Until we see bottom inside the two sunkers. And straight through the channel the Tarslow will go. House from Catherine Davis, a twenty pound bed from old Jimmy McGrath. I'll get me a settle, a pot, and a kettle, then I will be ready for Biddy Hurrah. We'll rant and we'll roar like true Newfoundlanders. We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below until we see bottom inside the two sunkers. Went straight through the channel to Toslow, we'll go. 
drink to the girls of Fox Harbor Of Audrin and Press Travis Hall and Rooney Now let you be jolly, don't be melancholy I can't marry all or in Chucky I'd be We'll rant and we'll roar like true Newfoundlanders We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below Until we see bottom inside the two sunkers And straight through the channel to Toslo we'll go We'll roar like true Newfoundlanders We'll rant and we'll roar on deck and below Until we see bottom inside the two sunkers But straight through the channel to Toslo we'll go That was the Dave Rowe Trio Ed Howe, you know Ed Howe, fiddle, plays fiddle, Kevin O'Reilly, bass, about everything else. Good swingers, aren't they, Dave Rowe, Ed Howe? Tell me if your life is anything like mine. One morning I got an inquiry on a rental property. I replied with alacrity. I dialed the number. The phone rang. It was picked up on the other end, and as I was about to speak, someone upstairs flushed the toilet, and the party on the other end of my line were greeted by the sounds of sewage rushing through a pipe about six feet above my head here in my cellar office. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Please tell me, do things like that ever happen to you?
Oscar, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Time to get out of here almost. You know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Love to hear from you. I know I know, I have at least one listener in Italy. <laughs> I'd like to know where you're hearing this program, where it's going. I am The Humble Farmer at gmail.com. I I once asked a chemistry professor, Professor Anderson was his name, Professor Anderson. I asked Professor Anderson what he did. And he said, I'm an expert at seeing people's eyes glaze over.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening.